guys. Welcome to another episode of the Go For Two podcast. I'm your host, Cargo. Uh, today is, oh my goodness, uh, June 6, 2021. Um, it is a Sunday night here in San Antonio, so you'll probably be listening to this on Monday morning. I know it's probably been like maybe a week and a half since my last episode. Um, if you've been kind of following the podcast, um, yeah, it just, you know, I got cut up, you know, you know how life is, it just kind of catches up with you for a little while, but, uh, you'll be listening to this. It'll be Monday morning. Um, I hope you guys have a great start to your week and just to kind of recap kind of what I've been doing on these last couple episodes is I've been kind of just breaking down each division, um, you know, as far as north, west, east, south, uh, for, you know, just what the teams did this past draft in, in April. And today we're looking at the AFC and NFC North here. So um, I'm pretty much just ranking them from just best to worst. Um, just keep in mind that um, all teams can just draft well. I'm just kind of ranking them on what I think they did well as far as Drafting needs, of course, value, um, replacing players, slash maybe upgrading a position. I'll also kind of look at, um, you know, how many trades that they make, if there's like significant trade-offs for players and stuff like that. Um, you know, just kind of everything, maybe guys who I think could be sleepers who turn into starters uh, this upcoming season uh, for fantasy purposes, of course. And, uh, yeah, so um, what's cool is uh, June 2nd, I think, was the beginning of the second wave of free agency. So um, a lot will happen. And as soon as I'm done with these draft grades, I only have a couple more divisions to do. Um, I'll obviously do kind of like a roster reset for every team. So whatever your team is, let me know what you think. And, you know, maybe we can kind of. Uh, get you on the episode I know a lot of people um, have always been talking about trying to get on so just if you do decide to come on just be prepared and stuff like that so um, before I really kind of get into the AFC and NFC North um, you know I know that the NBA playoffs are kind of going on and stuff like that so it's been really interesting to watch it's been super entertaining to see some of these teams like uh, there's been kind of a couple of upsets and I had a friend of mine who says that I'm a LeBron hater. Um, I mean, it, it, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of come off as kind of like that. And I'm, I'm not a hater of anybody. I truly appreciate sports. I appreciate the sacrifices they make, of course. Um, you know, I've, I'm just very – I'm just kind of giving out my opinion. And the – thing for me as far as like LeBron is a couple things really and I'll try to be as brief as possible here I think that first LeBron kind of started the whole jumping around teams and I, I I get it you know sometimes it's you know you're on the business side of it and you don't really have the choice to stay with the team but you know and when you're a great player you know you tend to try to, you know, stay with the team that, you know, kind of took a chance on you. You believed in you and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that's why it's so hard to like in the NBA, like buy a Jersey. Cause I'm like, will this guy even really be with the team for more than a year? 
And the thing about, like, LeBron, um, I definitely think he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I just think that, you know, MJ is one and Kobe is two. And then everybody kind of falls into that category. And obviously there's so many different opinions that you can go different ways and stuff like that. And the, the first thing people always bring up is like stats. And I'm just like, okay, look, the NBA is not the same as it was maybe five, 10 years ago. You know, guys are scoring like 150 points in a game. Like that's just, yeah, of course they're going to have more points, <laughs> you know, than, you know, a guy like, you know, Michael and, and Kobe and stuff like that. And, Obviously, the, the seasons sometimes may be a little bit longer. Um, some players, you know, tend to rest a lot. And I remember there was a quote by Kobe. He said that, you know, I wanted to play every single game because there was some kid who saved up some money to watch me play and I couldn't let him down. And, you know, that's just like, you, you know, guys are just resting and I get it. You know, LeBron's trying to chase these like championships and stuff like that. And kudos to him and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, that just speaks volume into, like, how Kobe and MJ were. And as far as, like, you know, his championships, you know, obviously he was with Cleveland when he started his career, you know, did not have a lot of support around him in Cleveland. I'll give you that. I can understand why he left. Um, But the teams where he has won, honestly, he's probably had some of the better players in the NBA on his team. So you talk about like you know Dwayne Wade in his prime, Chris Bosh. Yeah, you can kind of maybe you know, questionable. Um, you know, obviously you always have your role players, key contributors, and stuff like that. Yes, and then obviously when he went back to Cleveland, Kyrie was there. You know, at the time Kyrie was you know at the top of his game. You know, you could argue that he was one of the best players in the NBA. And of course, there's always the, the arguments of who's the best player in the NBA and. Um, I've just kind of been saying recently that I don't even think LeBron right now is the best player in the NBA. And I think you can make an, uh, an argument for, you know, he's probably the greatest athlete to ever touch a basketball. I will give you that. I mean, Jesus, this guy could have played any sport and probably been like one of the best players ever, you know, football, you know, maybe even baseball, you know, I know he's a big baseball fan and stuff like that. So um, yeah. And then, you know, you look at, you know, right now in, in, you know, LA where he's like, has Anthony Davis, you know, who maybe Anthony Davis isn't one of the best players in the NBA, but he's definitely one of the best bigs in the NBA, you know, and those are the kind of things, you know, he has this like super team and stuff like that. And, you know, I just, I I don't know. He just, you can't, he can't seem to win unless he, if he doesn't have the best players on his team, he can't win it because I don't know if he's the best player in the NBA this past year. You could have said Steph Curry, the way he was playing towards the end of the season, like, you know, they almost beat the Lakers and stuff like that. You know, obviously Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden and, and uh, Russell Westbrook, you know what I mean? They're kind of like still in their primes. And I know LeBron's been in the league for a very long time and stuff like that. So uh, that's, that's my only thing, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very hard on LeBron. Um, if you're going to put him in that category of like, if, if he's the greatest basketball player of all time, like, you know, like the, the championships will speak for itself. I know, you know, MJ had, you know, Scotty and, um, you know, Pippen, but, you know, he was definitely head and shoulders better than those guys. They might've had their moments and stuff like that. 
and even Kobe, you know, he had Shaq for so long, but you know, he still won championships without Shaq. So that's just, that's my argument. You know, I'm like, you know, these guys didn't need, you know, and then obviously MJ played in an era where they were trying to take his head off. And then here in the NBA, LeBron falls down and I can't see and then nails a three. I'm just like, oh, okay. All right. You know, a little bit dramatic, you know, th- that those antics kind of get to me. I don't, I don't know why it does, but you know, just, but yeah, that's, that's just kind of my take on it. You know, let me know what you think on that, but uh, let's go ahead and get right into um, the topic at hand here. Cause I know that's why you guys are listening. So I'm going to start off with the AFC North. Okay. We have the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to be quite honest, this was probably the hardest decision to make who I thought had the best draft. Um, All four teams drafted extremely well. Like if they were in different divisions, they might have been the best, uh, you know, the best team that that drafted the best um, in their division. But – of course, I had to go with the Cleveland Browns. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, what Andrew Barry um, has been able to do these last couple of years acquiring, like, really good talent. Oh, my God, excuse me. Um, he's just been absolutely phenomenal in these last couple of drafts that he's had. And he absolutely just nailed it. Um, his first pick was cornerback Greg Newsom, the third out of Northwestern. This guy is a ball player. Uh, he could be in the conversation for best uh, corner in this class. Uh, and this is a guy that probably was supposed to go maybe a little bit higher, but fell to them at 26. A great value pick. Uh, he's a plug and play. He's very talented. He's going to be a, a great addition to that secondary with, you know, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, Um and I know they added, uh, I believe it's, his name's John Johnson uh, from the Rams, Troy Hill. So uh, just what what a a very versatile secondary, a very talented, a very young secondary that is right now. And in their next pick in the second round, 52 overall, they go ahead and grab linebacker Jeremiah Usu Komomora out of Notre Dame and I mean, what what a pick here. This is a guy who is supposed to go in the first round. He's one of those uh, new age linebackers, you know, sideline to sideline. He's very versatile, can cover running backs, tight ends. Um, and to get him, you know, if they would have gotten him at 26 in the first round, I'd be like, wow, what a steal. What a great pick. But to get two picks um, here in the first and the second with two guys that are first round talents, I mean, that, that was probably the hardest thing for me to – uh, pass up and you know they only needed to really address their defense and I think this really is going to be absolutely huge for them um, he's going to be the Swiss Army knife you know uh, they needed to add some speed at linebacker you know you think about the the guys they play in their division Lamar Jackson um, and uh, you know Joe Burrow the running games in this division they got to be ready for so um, quite possibly the second Best linebacker in the draft late in the second round. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, in the third round, they went with a wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Um, this is really just uh, speed at the wide receiver position, which is a really – I like this pickup for them. 
you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, he's going to be able to do a lot of those like jet sweeps, you know, maybe um, quick screens, a guy who can maybe, you know, with the play action pass, get really deep and uh, make this offense just that much more versatile. He might be a guy who knows what's going to happen with Odell Beckham Jr. That's kind of up in the air, but, you know, just to add depth to that position is it's great. In the fourth round, they got offensive tackle James Hudson out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, this guy is nasty. He's raw, and he's fun to watch in the run game. Uh, I think he's a perfect fit for what Cleveland wants to do. Um, he does need a little bit of time to develop, but he doesn't have to play right away. He can learn from, you know, Jack Hawkland and, and you know, Jedrick Wills, uh, two really good tackles. Um, they can never have enough depth at the offensive line. Uh, and then they picked again in the fourth round here. They go with defensive tackle Tommy Tobagai out of uh, Ohio State. He's a pretty much a bull rusher, which is going to be, like I said, very important in this division. Um, it's going to be about stopping the run. Um, they needed to add depth with the loss of Sheldon Richardson. Uh, what I hear from him is he doesn't have a lot of upside. He's kind of very one-dimensional, but um, it'll be interesting, you know, to see him compete uh, for a position at the defensive line. In the fifth round, um, there are a couple fifth-round picks here. They went with linebacker Tony Fields, the second out of West Virginia. Once again, this is just speed at the linebacker position. Um, he'll probably end up playing, like, special teams as well. Uh, in the fifth round, they've got Richard DeConti, the third out of Georgia. A lot of guys with, like, the second, the third, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, out of Georgia, um, he can really play. He plays with very good range. And when he comes downhill, he does really come downhill. He's going to be a really uh, really important part of maybe a, a guy who could develop as an in-the-box safety. Uh, for sure, we'll play special teams. Uh, in the sixth round, this is a really good pick here. Running back, uh, Dimitri Felton out of UCLA. Um, he actually started his career, I believe, as a, a wide receiver turned running back. Um, he's going to be that that fun gadget player. Um, he could probably, you know, line up at running back, wide receiver, um, and he will help out in the special teams as well as a returner. And a notable player they signed um, after the draft was defensive tackle Marvin Wilson out of Florida State. Um, you know, you know, you talk about guys with upside. This is the guy right here. Um, last year, if he would have came out, he probably would have been a first round pick. Uh, the question was his efforts. You know, the, the coaches said they didn't really see that. Um, I believe he was benched a couple of times at Florida State. Um, he got a very significant um, signing bonus. A lot of teams were very interested in him. So um, I look for him to actually have a chance to make this roster i know there's a lot of talent uh in the middle and that's just something that they're looking to uh address here um, on the defensive side of the ball um so the cleveland browns started off with nine picks ended up with eight you know i literally liked almost every pick uh the only thing i would have liked to see them add is maybe a, a, an edge rusher with maybe like some really good upside I know they just signed Jadavion Clowney. Um, he's more of like that run stopper. I would like to see him maybe come inside to defensive tackle. I think that would be something really special. He can he'll beat guards and he might get some more sacks this coming year. And to have another guy who can get after the quarterback opposite of Miles Garrett, um, I think would have made this draft absolutely perfect. Uh, second, um, I have the Baltimore Ravens. 
Yeah, so what the Ravens did was really, uh, really interesting. So we talked about, you know, their wide receiver position being a problem. You know, I felt like they did really well in addressing it by going with Sammy Watkins in the offseason. But uh, here they go at pick 27 in the first round. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. This is the guy last year. He, If he would have came out, probably would have been the best wide receiver in the draft. Um, I still think he's the second best wide receiver in this draft. I know Mina Kimes is all in the Rashad Bateman uh, fan club. But uh, let me tell you, I was on that bandwagon first, but whatever. Um, this is a guy who's he's got some speed. Uh, he's got some run, yards after the catch ability. So I think he's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. You know, I, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to really try to develop a passing game this year. Um, and I'll tell you why here in a second. Uh, and then with their second pick in the first round, at pick 31, they go with Edge. Jason Owa out of Penn State. Um, they needed to add pass rush. Obviously, they lost a couple of edge rushers this past year. He's an absolutely elite athlete, um, but needs some time to develop. So I see him kind of first starting off as a, a guy who's maybe a situational edge rusher, maybe on third downs and stuff like that. Um, like I said, we'll just need some time to develop, but um, could be one of those guys who just explodes this year, you know, or maybe in a year, like kind of like Rashawn Gary or, a year ago as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see. And this is the pick that they got from the Kansas City Chiefs as a part of the uh, trade with Orlando, Orlando Brown Jr. So in now we had no second round pick for the Ravens. Uh, they gave that up in the trade as well. So in the third round, uh, we start off with guard Ben Cleveland out of Georgia. Uh, this is a guy with a potential starter at guard. Um, right now he's listed on the depth chart as a starter. So, you know, Georgia, what they like to do is run the ball. What the Ravens like to do is run the ball. So this is definitely a Ravens type of pick here. Uh, in the third round, they went with cornerback Brandon Stevens out of SMU. Uh, as far as, you know, what they did in the secondary, this is a very good secondary. And they just added a very athletic cornerback with a lot of size and speed, big time hops. Uh, once again, more depth at the position. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, Jimmy Smith has got uh, his contract coming up. So a good pickup here for the Ravens for the future here as well. So in the fourth round, excuse me, they go with wide receiver Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Another wide receiver, another weapon for Lamar. Um, I really liked it. You know, they they obviously, you know, people pointed it out and, you know, Management was like, no, we believe in guys like Devin DuVernay and James Proch the second. So, you know, this is this could be very telling, you know, and and once again, this is going to be very interesting to see how this wide receiver group breaks down. Um, it was probably one of the worst groups last year in the NFL, obviously, but I think it's because of Marquise Brown, but not those guys. But anyways, um, this is a guy who's got really good ball tracking skills. Um, once again, more depth and talent, uh, a guy who could possibly be on special teams as well. In the fifth round, they go with the cornerback, Sean Wade, out of Ohio State. Going back to the cornerback position, um, might have some uh, might have some position flexibility to possibly maybe play safety. I know that he really struggled a lot last year. 
uh, especially in that championship game against uh, Alabama. He just couldn't cover anybody. So what I do like is, you know, he's going to Baltimore. And Baltimore, they these guys, if you can't play defense for the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, geez. So if anybody can fix the problems, it's definitely going to be the Baltimore Ravens with the coaching staff and a lot of really good players like Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters. And uh, you never know, he might be able to kind of turn it around. So we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, definitely has some upside there for sure. In the fifth round, once again, they go with an edge. Dalen Haynes out of Notre Dame. He's got great size. Um, very raw, needs to develop. We'll probably start off playing some special teams. But once again, just adding some more pass rush abilities. Um, this is a – they obviously lost um, Matt Judon and um, – I can't remember the other edge rusher they lost, but, you know, obviously they lost a lot of productivity at the edge position, so they're definitely needing to replace it. And, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are a team that's really good at developing edge rushers, especially late-round picks. Uh, another pick in the fifth round here. So three picks in the fifth round. They go with fullback Ben Mason out of Michigan. You lo- I love it. You know, this is pretty much a – we're sending a message to the entire division. In the fifth round, they probably could have gotten a really good player here. But they go with a fullback, even though they still have Patrick Ricard. Uh, you know, this is just like we're gonna, we're still gonna run the ball, and we're still gonna be physical. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens at the fullback position this year for them. And then a player that they got um, after the draft, um, our Darius Washington at TCU went undrafted. This was really interesting for me because a lot of uh, a lot of prospects had him as a fifth best safety in the draft. Um, How he didn't get drafted is beyond me. And I think it's because of his size. He's a little small, but I mean, you know, he could definitely play. He's got instincts. And, you know, when, when you guys, when you have a guy that has such great instincts, you know, sizes, you know, if you're in the right position at the right time, I mean, you can make a play, you know, regardless of your size. And we've seen it over and over in the NFL and um, really interesting at TCU, was te- uh, teammates with Tevin Mowring. So uh, the Ravens started off with 10, ended up with eight picks, uh, needed wide receiver and pass rushers, which they definitely addressed. They needed to add some depth at the offensive line with the loss of Orlando Brown. They also brought in Alejandro Villanueva. So it'll be interesting to see how he does that right tackle. It might be, you know, a good spot for him. He struggled last year at left tackle. So and then, of course, secondary, uh, depth in the secondary. You know, you can never have enough um, guys who can cover in the back end. So with that being said, we got my we got the first two teams in. Uh, before I get into the third, I'm going to go ahead and just take a sip of this ice-cold, refreshing Pat's Blue Ribbon beer. Yeah, I got a six-pack at HB for, I was like, $4.87. I was like, wow, yeah. Balling on a budget, baby. No, everybody's like, what? Not Red Bull? No, not Red Bull. It's a little late for that. But anyways, going on to the, the team that I thought the third best in the AFC North is the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, in the first round, they went with wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU. Best pat catcher in the draft. Um, you know, reunited with Joe Burrow, I think, makes him that much more dangerous. He's the replacement for A.J. Green. 
You know, I know they have other guys, but, you know, those guys aren't Jamar Chase and they're not A.J. Green either. So, um, you know, obviously it'll be interesting to see. Will Penesu will haunt them? You know, will it, you know, will, you know, will Joe Burrow be under pressure, a lot of pressure this year? It'll be interesting to watch that. We're going to definitely see in a couple of years how that works out for them. And in the, se- the second round, they went with offensive tackle Jackson Carman at Clemson. This guy was a five-star recruit. Um, they do have him listed on the depth chart as a guard, so he'll probably start off at guard and then maybe eventually move to right tackle where he will replace Riley Reef here. Uh, hope they're hoping probably sooner rather than later. And the third round, we have edge rusher Joseph Asai out of Texas. Really like this pick. Is a this is a guy who definitely kind of fell a little bit. Uh, probably could have gone in the second round, but he's very long and very explosive, and he's kind of that guy who's gonna hopefully replace Carl Lawson here. And in this division, you have to have guys who can get off the quarterback. You know, you look at this division and the quarterbacks in it, you know, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and even Big Ben. I know he's not that mobile, but his quick release, if he holds the ball a couple seconds, you know, you're talking about maybe even a turnover. Um, in the fourth round, they go right back to the edge position in Cameron Sample out of Tulane. Another really good pass rusher. Um, needed to get more sacks, but, you know, with him, it's all about having fresh bodies. He's got a lot of upside. They're just trying to add a lot of depth to this defense that has struggled in years past. So adding some talent with a lot of guys with upside, they don't have to play right away. They could do special teams and um, really develop as pass rushers and, you know, guys with a lot of upside. You know, you this is where in the third and fourth round, this is where you take your chances with those guys. In the fourth round, you know, they went with defensive tackle Tyler Slovin out of LSU. He is 6'3", 646. Um, definitely does have some pass rush abilities and can help stop the run. So I look for him to possibly start next to DJ Reader this upcoming season. Um, just needs to try to find a way to keep that weight down, but should be a really good player for them. In the fourth round, another fourth round pick for them. They go with offensive tackle Deontay Smith out of East Carolina. Um, he could also possibly be a replacement idea at right tackle. Once again, adding depth to that those trenches is going to be really important. You know, obviously Joe Burrow coming off the uh, torn ACL. More protection for Joe. Um, he's very smart. He's a nasty player. Needs to add some weight. I believe he's at about 287 right now, but he could have the potential to be an elf. Uh, NFL caliber starting tackle. Uh, in the fifth round, they went with kicker Evan McPherson out of Florida. He's supposed to be the best kicker in the draft. In the fifth round, I don't know. I just, I just never understood, you know, picking kickers and punters that early. You know, I mean, maybe it does work out. We'll see. I guess. Uh, then we have center Trey Hill out of Georgia in the sixth round. A really good player. Um, kind of fell a little bit, I think. Uh, definitely needed to add some depth at the offensive line. And, you know, we don't really know what's going on with uh, Billy Price. He's a former first-round pick. He might be hitting the waivers here in the next year or so. 
Uh, another six-round pick for them is running back Chris Evans out of Michigan. Very talented. Didn't really live up to the expectations at Michigan State. Um, there's a point where I think uh, this past year he was actually benched in, in start of another guy. So um, this is a really good value pick, I think, here for them and uh, could push to become the backup for Joe Mixon. Um, we, as we know, Joe Mixon has been a guy who's had a lot of injury concerns the last couple of years. And the guys that they have behind him have not really uh, played well. And they did lose Giovanni Bernard. So another thing to kind of think about as well. Once again, a great replacement of a player that they had before. Um, he could possibly find his way into that role. And then in the seventh round, uh, they go with Wyatt Hubbard out of Kansas State. Um, this one's interesting. Another edge rusher. I just when when teams like do this, I'm always just kind of like, hey, will he even be able to make the roster? Do you guys have any space for guys like this? So uh, maybe they're kind of wanting to run a, the tycoon where they you know have four edge rushers in you know at the defensive line. So uh, could he possibly? Play special teams, you know, could be an idea there. And after the draft, they went with a uh, interesting uh, pick here or signing for them. Uh, running back Puka Williams Jr. out of Kansas. Uh, this is a guy who's, once again, really talented player. You know, didn't have a lot of production at Kansas. Uh, but like Chris Evans, could easily make the roster and maybe steal some carries away from some AJP Ryan. So the Bengals usually hit pretty well, I think, on guys who go undrafted as running backs and they end up making the roster for the most part. So could be a guy who could maybe uh, play special teams as well. So the Bengals start off with eight picks, ended up with 10. So um, there's a really interesting trend about the AFC North. And, you know, we'll kind of get to it here in a little bit. Um, every team had, you know, at least 10 picks in this draft. Um, I mean, obviously the Cleveland Browns had nine and, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers had eight. But, you know, usually in a division you'll have one team that's maybe like less than like, you know, seven, six. So uh, with that many draft picks, you know, you kind of hope to hit on a couple of them. And it's kind of like um, you're kind of just hoping that maybe like if you draft like you know, two running backs, you know, one of them, you know, becomes a hit, you know, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really like what they, they did is getting Jamar chase was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, we're going to talk about a guy who probably has a great opportunity to break Jordan uh, uh, Jefferson's, you know, receiving yard total, uh, maybe rookie catches in a year. I don't know. Touchdowns like a, I just think it's going to be there. So Zach Taylor is going to have fun with his new toy. Um, and then a big part of their draft was, you know, adding depth to the offensive line and adding pass rushers. They didn't get a lot of sacks and, you know, Joe Burrow got sacked a lot. So um, I really like, you know, once again, you know, like the Ravens just addressing needs. And that's what you want to do is, you know, maybe – only one of these offensive linemen really pans out to be a stud, but you know, that's okay. Cause at least you got one stud out of three, you know, you'll, you'll, you you could kind of go with that and you might even hit on two of the guys. So 
just some things to think about. Um, the reason why they were drafted a little, uh, graded a little bit lower. Um, I thought they might have, you know, addressed like, you know, the cornerback position, but they've really done well with that in free agency and even tight end. I, I think they really like Thaddeus Moss, and he was a, a guy who went undrafted last year, was signed with the Washington football team. I know the Bengals tried to get him, and they finally got him, and, and he's kind of moving up the roster. So, you know, he has that connection with Joe Burrow. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And last is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said, they didn't draft poorly. They drafted very well. I really liked what they did in this draft. Uh, starting off with their running back, Najee Harris out of Alabama in the first round, pick number 24. Uh, this is the uh, first running back pick. Uh, a lot of people are very skeptical because, you know, hey, we don't, we don't want to give this running back who could be really good a lot of money in the future because, you know, it could be like Ezekiel Elliott, get paid, and then there's a downturn. And, you know, the shelf life for running backs isn't very well. But, uh, you know, are they they are definitely in a win-now situation. And the thing about Najee Harris is if you looked at, you know, the running back group last year, obviously James Conner was hurt. But they just had a bunch of running backs who only did one thing very well. So now adding Najee Harris, you get a guy who could do a lot of things very well. And, you know, a good comp for him is actually Le'Veon Bell. You know, I don't know if he's that athletic than Le'Veon where you can kind of line him up wide, but he can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. And once again, I, I like it because it's an upgrade at that position. And, you know, obviously they didn't – you look at what they what happened with Le'Veon, they said, hey, we're not going to pay you. They let him walk and – you know, you, you, you kind of looking like, are they going to do that again? You know, but maybe they kind of learned and maybe they said, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll try to maybe get him paid. So that'll be something to look at down the line. I know I'm, I'm going a little off, but, you know, just those are just my thoughts, especially when it comes to the running back position. In the second round, they a big surprise here at tight end, Pat Beermore out of Penn State. Uh, probably could have gone a different way just because they have Eric Ebron, but this allows them to do a lot of two tight end sets. You know, he's a good player. Um, probably the best tight end in this draft to get him late in the second round. That's a pretty good pick. Uh, just another weapon for Big Ben, a good big catch radius. Uh, like I said, they'll probably do a lot of 22 personnel, so it just allows them to go back to running the ball and being effective running the ball, so we'll see how he does holding up blocking. Uh, in the third round, they went with guard Kendrick Green out of Illinois. This is a great value pick here. Um, he's going to be an instant starter at center. Uh, he's a replacement for Mike Marquise Pouncey. In the fourth round, they went with offensive tackle Dan Moore Jr. out of Texas A&M. From what I hear, that this is a starting left tackle in the NFL in the fourth round. Um, that's it's yet to be seen. I'm not exactly sure where he's going to end up. Um, if he's playing left tackle, maybe even right tackle. Uh, but, you know, once again, they needed to add depth at the O-line, and they go back-to-back -back here. Uh, really like that. And then in the fourth round, once again, they go linebacker Buddy Johnson out of Texas A&M. Two Texas A&M picks. Uh, not picks back-to-back, -back, but by one team back-to-back. -back. Uh, 
not sure about his coverage skill. He's definitely like an old school linebacker, Steelers linebacker. This guy's big, fast. Uh, he goes downhill in a hurry. Um, and they just really needed to add depth at that linebacker position. Obviously, with Devin Bush getting hurt last year, they also had Vance Williams down, Robert Spillane down. They had guys like uh, Marcus Allen playing. And so uh, just really important. You know, obviously, they also did lose Ryan Shazier a couple of years ago. So uh, that linebacker position's kind of been cursed. So hopefully, you know, guys can stay healthy and uh, definitely will play some special teams as well. And then in the fifth round, they go with Edge, Isaiah Loudermilk out of Wisconsin. Um, this is some help in the interior defensive line. Obviously, you have some guys getting up there in age with Cameron Hayward and Tyson Alula. So uh, just he's definitely also a Steelers type of player, real nasty, um, and and stop. He likes to stop the run and stuff like that. So really good pick here. And then in the sixth round, they went with edge rusher Quincy Roche out of Miami. I really like this pick just because I think he has a lot of tangibles. You know, you looked at the other Miami edge rushers that got picked uh, earlier in the first round. Um, you know, he's a little undersized, but, you know, definitely has a lot of speed. They definitely need to add some depth at the edge rusher as well with the loss of um, – oh, my goodness. I can't believe I'm blanking out here. Uh, Bud Dupree, there we go. Uh, so really like that, you know, he can probably come off the bench maybe um, in some key situations, possibly could play special teams. And then in the seventh round, they went with cornerback Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma. Uh, could play safety, could play corner, good ball skills. Definitely needed to go address the cornerback position uh, with the loss of Mike Hilton as well. And, you know, Joe Hayden is getting up there in age. He's been so good for so long. So we'll see how they address that. And then in the seventh round, they went with a punter, Presley Harvin the third of Georgia Tech. A big punter with an even bigger leg. That's what, that's what they got for him. <laughs> uh, so a guy that they signed after the draft was cornerback Shakira Brown out of Michigan State. Has a lot of ability to play at the next level. Um, not exactly sure why he didn't get drafted. Uh, and I actually got to review a lot of Michigan State, so um, we'll see how he does here. I think could possibly make the roster. Um, he's a guy that a lot of people really like. So, uh, so as far as the, what the Pittsburgh Steelers did in this draft, I mean they had, they addressed offensive line. That was obviously a huge issue for them last year, but. They might have lost a lot of players, but they're getting back guys like Zach Banner, who got hurt early in the year last year, David DiCastro, Kevin Dawson played well, and their left tackle, Shakira Okafor, played well as well. As well. So, you know, I don't think the offensive line was the problem. I, I, I think it was a running back, you know, and I know everybody makes a correlation. Well, if you don't have a good offensive line, you know, your running back can't play well. Well, we looked at the other side of the spectrum with the Cowboys. You know, Zeke is an extremely quote-unquote talented running back with a really bad offensive line, and he still wasn't able to do anything. So, yeah, maybe two bad offensive lines don't help, but, you know, uh, uh, the running back should make the change, and, you know, even Zeke can make that change. So 
once again, they still they they upgraded that running back position, added some depth, added some secondary help, edge, and inside linebacker. So all in all, still a very good draft. I just think the other teams drafted better, you know, and it's just it's hard when you know some teams don't have as many needs as you do. So, um, well, there you have it for the AFC North. Uh, now we're gonna go ahead and just kind of just jump right into the um, NFC North. And the team I had with the best draft in the NFC North is the Chicago Bears. Uh, yes, the Chicago Bears. So we'll start off with their first pick. Uh, in the first round, 11 overall, quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio State. You know, I love that they traded up for him. I know that didn't work out in the past. I just think Mitchell Trubisky wasn't a guy that was battle-tested. I think Justin Fields is absolutely battle-tested. Great value. He might be. He might come out as the biggest steal. And I really do think he fits this offensive scheme very well. You know, Matt Nagy needs a quarterback that's – mobile a guy who can you know make plays with his feet and I think Justin Fields can do that and I really really like Justin Fields in Chicago like I I don't know why but I just I like it and in the second round they went and they also traded up again for offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State this is a guy who Probably could have gone in the first round, but there's just a lot of really good offensive tackles that went in the first round. A great value pick. He's got a great backstory out of Oklahoma State. If you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. He's physical, and he's a very feisty player. Um, he'll slide into that left tackle position that was vacated by Charles Leno um, just a couple of weeks ago. So uh, upgraded you know, quarterback and left tackle, uh, huge. And they don't pick till the fifth round. They went with offensive tackle Larry Broom out of Missouri. Uh, could he possibly be a swing tackle? Maybe move to guard. Uh, really just a depth position as well. In the sixth round, they go with running back Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. Needed to add some depth to the running back position. Uh, they suffered a lot not having Tariq Cohen. I mean, you looked at David Montgomery. You know, he was kind of banged up. Uh, they had Cordell Patterson, a wide receiver playing running back. That really didn't work out. So Khalil Herbert's a really good player. Um, he's a football player, and I think he'll definitely be on special teams as well. To, you know, very similar to kind of like Damian Williams and Tariq Cohen. Maybe just doesn't have that, that blazing speed that Tariq Cohen does have. And then in the sixth round, they went with the wide receiver Daz Newsom out of North Carolina. North Carolina put out some really good wide receivers this year. He's a guy who could also be possibly a returner and uh, could possibly play in the slot. You know, I know that they had some conversations about moving on from Anthony Miller. Uh, still on the roster, which I think is a good good uh, keep for them. We'll see how this wide receiver group turns out this year. And then in the sixth round, again, another sixth-round pick here. They go with cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. out of Oregon. A really good overall player. He's not super big or super fast. Once again, a really good instincts. And they needed to address the quarterback position with the loss of Kyle Fuller. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Who You know, they obviously hit with Jalen Johnson last year in the second round. So it'll be interesting. You know, I know they signed Desmond Trufant. 
you know, I'm not I'm not too sure about that other quarterback position. So Thomas Graham definitely could find his way onto the uh, uh, roster here. And then in the seventh round, they went with defensive tackle Kyrie's Tonga out of BYU. He's an athletic nose tackle at 6'4", 321. Um, and, you know, this is obviously a pick that maybe comes because of Hakeem Nicks, possibly could be a guy who gets traded if, you know, maybe the, the, the Bears don't have a lot of success early on. Uh, this could be Matt Nagy's job, I, you know, after a year, no success. That's going to be a tough sell for him, you know. Uh, started off with eight picks, ended up with seven. Once again, Andy Dalton is not the question at quarterback, obviously in the future or right now. And I think Justin Fields will be the starter uh, sooner rather than later. So with Justin Fields, the weapons that they have, Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, this offensive line is not too bad. I, I think, you know, they, they will play well. You know, the, the questions could come on defense. You know, they obviously lost a the corner. They still have a lot of key players. So this team that, you know, with the way things are shaping out in the North, I feel like the NFC North this year could possibly be coming down to maybe, you know, more than just one team this year. Uh, so this was really tough. Um, after the Chicago Bears, you know, deciding who was the second best team that drafted well, uh, this is really a toss-up. I think you can argue between all three of the teams left in the division, but I went with the Minnesota Vikings, um, and I'll tell you why here in a second. So starting off with their first pick, uh in the first, uh, the the first round pick, uh, pick number twenty three, they went with the offensive tackle Christian Darsall out of Virginia Tech. Which, with the, it, it's a fit, it's a need, and it's a warm. With the loss of Riley Reed, uh, obviously going off to Cincinnati, they had a glaring need at left tackle. So you're gonna just slide him in, you know. Uh, great pick there. Uh, in the second round, this was really interesting. They went with quarterback Kellen Maud out of Texas A and M. Uh, I think it's after thinking about it, 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 it could go, it, it could really go either way. I mean, this could be a great player to have maybe in a couple years learning from Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, this is a future starter in the second round, but you kind of look at what happens with the. Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts situation, I felt like the Eagles last year were in a position to possibly, you know, make a playoff run, and I feel like that's where Minnesota is right now. So it could go go really good or just really bad. Uh, so obviously this is going to be the quarterback of the future. They just need to – Kirk Cousins, this is – if he doesn't play well, he could be out. Uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, in the third back and third round, they went with Chaz Saran out of North Carolina, a linebacker. Was highly recruited to play quarterback at North Carolina. Obviously got beat out by Sam Howell. Translates to linebacker. So he has a lot to learn. He's a very gifted player. Um, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Has pass rush ability, can cover. Um, like I said, I think he'll learn a lot from Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. Both those guys were guys that UCLA that they started off playing like running back, 
and they translate to linebacker. So I, I think they could have a nice little uh, uh, repair. This is one of the very few teams that still runs a, a 43 defense and they keep all three linebackers on the field. So um, definitely will play some special teams as well. Uh, and then another pick in the third round, and they go with guard Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. Great value pick. Could have gone as easily as early as the second round. Uh, definitely going to be a guy who could be a potential starter. Just more depth to an offensive line unit that right now could be possibly top five in the NFL if they stay healthy. Another third-round pick. So we have three third-round picks uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are notorious for having, like, multiple picks, especially later on in the draft. You know, they're just – this is a team that's very cap strapped down. So a lot of these guys, they're just like, hey, we need bodies. You know what I mean? Like, and it's kind of shown in the years past. So hopefully they'll hit on some of these guys. So they go with edge rusher Patrick Jones, the second out of Pittsburgh. Good depth. I really like him a lot. I think he's going to be some a really good player. Um, you know, maybe in a year or two, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Daniel Hunter in the future as well. In the fourth round, they go with running back Kani Nagao out of Iowa State. Um, I mean, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, a guy they drafted last year, and then in the fourth round, another running back. Special teams, maybe. Return specialist, maybe. Who knows? Uh, another pick in the fourth round, I'm not surprised. Uh, they go with cornerback Cameron Bynum out of Cal. Uh, this is a guy who's has some versatility to play safety. Uh, probably going to be playing some special teams. Maybe a guy who could take over for Harrison Smith or Xavier Woods here in the future. Uh, has a has an opportunity, to, to say the least. And then again in the fourth round, uh, edge rusher Jadarius Robinson out of Florida State. He's a freaky specimen, flashes. Uh, I, I think he's in a really good position to develop in Minnesota. Minnesota does a great job in developing pass rushers very well. I mean, you could even go back to Daniel Hunter in the third round. A couple of years ago, Everson Griffin in the fourth and Brian Robinson also in the fourth. So Mike Zimmer is a great coach. He's a great defensive-minded coach. So like it a lot for them. Uh, well, I'll probably, you know, could play Tycoon. Uh, definitely obvious passing situations. Maybe just to kind of get some speed out on the field. Um, but yeah, in the fifth round, we go wide receiver Amir Smith Marceta out of Iowa. Um, he has some big play elements. He's got a lot of speed, jet sweeps. Uh, I really, I, I'm so glad that they did address the wide receiver position. I know they have Justin Jefferson. I know they have Adam Thielen, but they really need that third guy. And one thing that he really has that these guys don't is the speed factor. So. Uh, really good pick here as well. In the fifth round, they go with tight end Zach Davison out of Central Missouri. Uh, a big, very productive tight end in college. Will help with the loss of uh, Kyle Rudolph here. So Irvine Smith Jr. kind of steps up. Uh, so it will be really interesting to see how this tight end position um, goes during the season. 
In the sixth round, they got defensive tackle Jalen Tymon, another Pittsburgh uh, defensive lineman. Really good value pick here. Um, he has some NFL type abilities, uh, and you know Pittsburgh has a great pedigree of putting out edge rushers every single year. You know, you can even go back to Aaron Donald and a lot of other guys as well. A guy that they got that was undrafted was uh, linebacker Turk Borland out of Ohio State. Big-time playmaker, uh, could make the roster. Definitely a guy is a, um, a special teams player. Uh, one of the most uh, underrated guys, according to Adam Scheffler. So started off with 10 picks, ended up with 11. Uh, once again, they just solidified their offensive line, added some speed to the wide receiver position, and then on defense, I mean – I would have liked to see them maybe go more with some youth in the uh, secondary with Patrick Peterson, obviously. And a lot of people are really high on Cameron Dantzler, um, a, I believe a second-round pick last year out of Auburn. They did bring in Mackenzie Alexander, Brashad Breland. So uh, we'll see how those guys kind of play out. So all in all, like I said, I thought it was a really good draft. I think with the first, like, you know, four picks, and it was just, like, really good, you know, and then they went more edge pressure. Uh, they definitely are going to be a team that needs to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks in this division. Uh, third, I had the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, you know, it was hard because I just think this team has so many needs, so it's kind of hard to, like, pick one need greater than the other, uh, which means that they have a high, you know, high ceiling. There's can't really go wrong with some of these picks. Oh, they, they, they definitely could, but, you know, with as, as many needs as they need, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these guys pan out, obviously, in the future. So for the Detroit Lions, they obviously, in the first round, they seventh overall pick, offensive tackle, Panay Sewell. Um, he's a left tackle, but he probably will play right. Uh, I know they have Taylor Decker on the other side, so – um, you, know, you have two bookend tackles to help Derek Goff and help improve this running game, um, which was pretty good last year for the most part. So really like what they're doing, you know, uh, building a foundation. Uh, in the second round, they went defensive tackle Levi Onusukui out of old Washington. Um, he's 288 uh, right now. Uh, he's a at defensive uh, at nose tackle, but the thing about him is he has very heavy hands, a great pedigree from Washington Vita Vea, uh, just right off the top of my head here. Uh, you can even go Joe Trident, who also got drafted in the first round. Um, hard worker, uh, could improve here in the future as well. Uh, big time Dan Campbell pick, a guy who just wants to bite your kneecaps off. Yeah. Uh, just building the trenches. Um, in the third round, they go with defensive tackle Aleem McNeil out of NC State. This is a guy who was a high riser on a lot of people's boards over the last couple weeks leading up to the draft. He's 320 pounds, a very athletic nose tackle. Bull rusher, he's got a quick first step. He could be a problem. I, I You know, this was a guy that I was hoping, you know, my team was going to pick up here in either the second or third round, but... Once again, just building up this defensive line to help stop the run uh, and get interior pressure. I think, you know, a lot of people forget about pushing the pocket forward makes the quarterback so uncomfortable so fast. 
Um, a lot of depth at the D-line. That, that was my question. They traded for Michael Brockers, Deshaun Hand. Um, just interesting, interesting. So much defensive tackle presence. Uh, in the third round, they went with quarterback, cornerback, Ifedi Fedu-Anu out of Syracuse. His brother plays in the NFL. He was, I believe, a second-round pick a couple years ago for the Patriots. Um, has elite size, so we'll just see if that can translate. They need a guy opposite Jeff Okuda, and obviously Jeff Okuda needs to step up and play better this year. Struggled a lot last year, so uh, need to help rebuild that secondary that was worst in the league and passing touchdowns, passing yards, completion percentage, almost everything you can name, seriously. Uh, in the fourth round, they went with the wide receiver, Amon Rod St. Brown out of USC. He is a tough, physical slot wide receiver. He's a uh, really good route runner. He might be a better route runner coming out of college than, you know, Juju. That's just like his comparison. Um, his dad was Mr. Universe, I think, twice. His brother is actually in the same division, Equius St. Brown, and he plays for the Packers. So that would be kind of fun to watch, you know, playing against each other. Uh, but anyways, once again, in the fourth round, they go with linebacker Derek Barnes out of Purdue. He's athletic. He's a rangy hitter at linebacker. Has some pass rush abilities. Uh, definitely needed to add some depth to the uh, linebacker position. Obviously, with the loss of Gerard Davis and not a lot of talent at linebacker, to be honest here. Uh, and then they don't pick till the seventh round. They went with running back Jameer Jefferson out of Oregon State. A good running back, completion of special teams. Uh, they completely redid the running back position. Um, I like what they did, especially with the loss of AP and Carrion Johnson, who they just cut not too long ago. And then um, what I think was really interesting about this draft was what the Lions did after the draft. So they signed running back Rakeem Boyd out of Arkansas. He was a guy that was very highly recruited coming out of college, had some issues, ended up on last last chance U, um, and might have some opportunity here with, you know, the openings at running back here. They also might sign Todd Gurley, so that'll be interesting. They brought in wide receiver Sage Saran out of Wake Forest. His brother's Chad Saran out of the University of North Carolina. Once again, a wide receiver opportunity is very important here. And, yeah, and then, like I said, the, the biggest thing is about opportunity. Sometimes um, for some of these guys, obviously, they get undrafted. And, yeah, wide receiver, I think, is a huge opportunity for the Lions. And I'll explain here in a second why I think that. Uh, and then they also got center Cameron uh, – or Drake Jackson out of Kentucky. A uh, really good run blocker. He's NFL ready, just a guy who has a small frame. That's that's his big knock. But um, it's going to be hard for him to obviously see the field. This is a really good, I think, offensive line group for the Detroit Lions. But you can never have enough depth up offensive line. And so for the uh, Detroit Lions, they started off with six picks, ended up with seven. I think Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes um, really laid the foundation, really built through the trenches. 
a lot of uh, buy your kneecaps energy here. Um, the reason why I, I didn't put them a little higher was just because I, I look at this wide receiver group and I just Quentin Cephas, a who, uh, Bashad Perryman is a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy. Tyrell Williams couldn't stay healthy last year. I I like Ramon Ross St. Brown, uh, but he's a guy who's probably going to be in the slide and, you know, just, I think they could have done something maybe with one of those two defensive tackles early. But, you know, obviously, we'll see how that goes for the uh, Detroit Lions, who are probably in a rebuild mode um, just because they did acquire a lot of draft picks from the Los Angeles Rams in that trade with Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. We'll see how that goes. But all in all, I, I, I think it just – and then, oh, th- honestly, this defense is just – oh, my God. Uh, definitely – I'm glad that they addressed the linebacker position. Just corner and safety is just, I think, a mess. Uh, I, I I don't know how they, that, that got any better than last year, honestly. So, yeah. And then so last but not least, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit why I, I have them last, um, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so starting off with the first pick, 29th overall, they go with quarterback Eric Stokes out of Georgia. I don't hate the pick. Um, I don't love the pick. You know, just just thought they would have gone in a different direction, but it's kind of hard to pick at 29 uh, for the most part. Uh, and this is a guy who just has incredible speed. Uh, you know, obviously some depth to run with, like, the Bucks and the Chiefs. You know, you look at, you know, what happened in that NFC Championship game. Uh, Kevin King just – just had a bad day or, you know, maybe the speed was too much for them. So uh, to add him, you know, like I said, this defense really requires guys that can cover in the back end. You know, you go back to their Super Bowl years where they had, you know, like, you know, Al Harris, you know, um, Tremont Williams, like those, they were just so deep in the secondary group. Uh, I think that's what they're trying to get at and, Add more guys across Jerry Year Alexander who can cover because he's a stud without a doubt. In the second round, they went with center Josh Myers out of Ohio State. A really good pick, really good value pick as well to replace Corey Lindsley, who they lost in free agency. He is a NFL-ready center, and he will start on opening day. Very smart, intelligent uh, center here for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, in the third round, they went with the wide receiver. Yeah, Mari Rogers out of Clemson. Uh, people could actually compare him to uh, Randall Cobb. You know, he's a very smooth route runner. Um, I, I like this pick. I like the wide receiver group. I know it's kind of been like, I mean, it could be worse. It could be like the Baltimore Ravens or like the Detroit Lions. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and this is a team that likes to run the ball. So, you know, another weapon for AR to AR, if that, if that does happen, would be kind of cool. In the fourth round, they go with guard Royce Newman out of Ole Miss. Uh, just some depth at the uh, offensive tackle position. Um, they've had a lot of injuries with Bakhtiari and, and Billy Turner. So this is a really important pick for them. 
this this offensive line does add a lot of versatility, which is what I really like. Um, in the fifth round, they went with defensive tackle to Daryl Slayton out of Florida. Uh, helping the interior defensive line, 6'5", 340, nose tackle. Uh, he eats blocks and, you know, finally helps stop the run. Like, this has just been the recurring issue for the Packers is they just can't stop the run. And that's how teams want to beat the Packers. They don't want to give the ball to Aaron Rodgers. So you need, need guys opposite of Kenny Clark to make an impact. Um, they do have some guys that they like on the D-line that could possibly be have a big year this year, so we'll see how that goes. And again in the fifth round, we have cornerback Shamar Jean Charles out of Appalachian State. Another cornerback, obviously more depth. I'm all for it. He can play inside, out, so um, really good pick here as well. Then they go back to the offensive line here in the sixth round with Guard Cole Van Leenen out of Wisconsin. Once again, some more depth at the offensive line. We saw how that offensive line just really broke down towards the end of the year last year. So, um, And the Packers are a team that drafted really well at the offensive line, especially late and undrafted. So um, that's a trend that I always like to kind of follow for teams and stuff like that. Uh, again, in the sixth round, they picked linebacker Xavier McDuffel out of Boston College, a reliable tackler and can uh, blitz. The question for him is, can he cover? Uh, they need to add some talent to the linebacking position. Um, this is a position that's kind of just been a revolving door. They've had really good players that have let him go, like Blake Martinez and stuff like that. So once again, trying to help stop the run. So that they can allow that these edge rushers like, you know, Sedaria Smith, Preston Smith, and Rashawn Gary to really just get after the quarterback on third down. Uh, in the seventh round, they went with the uh, running back Kalen Hill out of Mississippi State. I mean, another running back. Maybe he plays special teams. Maybe he. Um, Stays on the roster? I'm not too sure. But just interesting, you know, obviously they have A.J. Dillon, who I think will probably be the presumptive guy. I know Aaron Jones got paid, but I think Aaron Jones is going to be more that scat back type player. A.J. Dillon's going to carry the rock. And, I mean, they, they incorporated the three running backs pretty well last year with uh, Jamal Williams. So, uh, Kalen Hill, we'll see how – that turns out for them. So for the Packers, they started off with 10 picks, ended up with nine. I'm glad that they addressed the offensive line. It was a position that they needed to definitely address with some of the key losses there. Um, they definitely did add some help to stopping the run and hopefully stop the bleeding in the back end. Um, just that, that, that defense is still going to be the question mark going into this year. And it's going to be really, you know, can they stop the run and can they, can somebody else opposite of Jair Alexander cover in the back end? Uh, just a couple questions already on defense that I'm not even too sure if they really addressed it. You know, I don't, I don't hate Eric Stokes. I really like him as a player. And I, I think, I think he could be really crucial to what they do in the back end. 
but I just don't know if they can stop the run. I just I, I, I didn't see them do anything to help stop the run. And um, I mean, they drafted a wide receiver, and I don't know why the day of the draft, Aaron Rodgers, is, I don't want to play for the Packers. And um, if you ask me, I don't think he will play for the Packers this year. I mean, I don't see a scenario really where he gets traded. Uh, but, I mean, we've seen, like, guys that, you know, hey, we're not going to trade him, we're, we're not going to get rid of him, but, you know, it always happens. He ends up getting traded, you know. And I just think there's really only, like, maybe one or two landing spots for Aaron Rodgers. It'd probably be, like, the Denver Broncos who, you know, decided to skip the quarterback this year. And, um, I mean, maybe the, the Las Vegas Raiders – so, um, the reason why ultimately I think I have them at the bottom is because if they don't know what's going on with the quarterback position, um, it, you really can't figure out what's going to happen for the rest of the team. You know, what's good is this team is built to run the ball, and I, I still think they will do that. They've signed, like, Blake Bortles and, you know, another guy, Kurt – I don't know, Ben, Ben Turk, whatever. Um, and I think they're assuming that they're not going to play the season with Aaron Rodgers. And I just, I don't, a trade like that, like you're going to have to give up a lot, and a lot, and a lot. So I just don't know if a team is willing to, because you, you, you can't even give up a quarterback because they have Jordan Love. This is a guy that I think this year, I mean, Patrick Mahomes waited an entire year before he got a shot. I think anything more than a year is is uh, alarming, to say the least. So, obviously, not having Aaron Rodgers is going to hurt the Packers a lot. And that's why I think this division can kind of open up to maybe the Chicago Bears. I think the Packers are still kind of in the mix. Um, definitely the Vikings – the Lions, maybe not too far behind. So, yeah, so that's pretty much all I got. Uh, that is the AFC North and the NFC North. Definitely, guys, let me know what you think. If you have some insight, I'd love to hear it. Um, next, I believe we're going to be doing the AFC and NFC South. Um, I'll hopefully like to have it posted here. Uh, the next couple days after this one. And, um, yeah, it's pretty much it, guys. It's the beginning of June. Uh, I know it's been raining, like, a ton in San Antonio. Um, hopefully that stops here in the future. But um, that's pretty much all I got for you guys. Just remember always to treat people with kindness. You just never know what they're going on in their everyday lives. And um, always, always just go for two.